I don't care if it's a week, two, four, six, seven, eight. Who do we appreciate? LeBron James. That's who y'all got to start, start appreciating. And you got to stop disrespecting this man. You got AJ Brown, who's a legit number one. And you got Julio, who's a legit number one. One of them dudes got to get double teamed. Who going to get double teamed? And whoever gets double teamed, the other one gets the ball. I'm saying this with no pun intended, but full of pride. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Prideful Takes Podcast. As always, it's your boy, Pride, and it's Wednesday. So we got that boy, Chris, here. Chris Pagano, my guy. How you doing today, bro? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Another day in paradise. But you know, you know who ain't living in paradise right now? That dumb boy, John Gruden. Look, for some reason, mind you, people forget all this started because of the Washington emails. You forget about that. Started with Washington, now it ends up on John Gruden, ended up getting exposed. And to save face, he ended up resigning. Tampa Bay dropped him from their ring of honor, which a lot of people kind of didn't like. So, Chris, when you heard about this, what was your first reaction? All right, so when I heard about him resigning from the Raiders, I was extremely happy about it. Um, I am not a Raiders fan, but I am a fan of the NFL. And at the end of the day, John Gruen does not represent the league in a great way. So because of those emails and things that came out, I thought it was the right decision. And if he wouldn't have resigned, I would have expected and hoped for him to get fired um, because it, it just can't be acceptable. I mean, I think Randy Moss put it best. Um, the NFL is trying to move forward and you can't move forward if you're moving backwards. And to have people in the NFL or in any sport that are representing the league in a poor way, especially people that are supposed to be leaders, leaders of men, leaders of teams um, and teams that have people of all kinds of creed and color and you cannot you can't have that and when he got taken when he got removed from the ring of honor uh for the buccaneers i thought the same thing because at the end of the day that's that's not what these teams stand for at least we hope that they don't you know what i mean and that's not what at least to my understanding most fans want there are some fans out there that believe john gruden did nothing wrong but at the end of the day it is. There's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. This this is unacceptable. His actions are unacceptable. And I think the NFL, I think the Buccaneers made the right decision. And um, yeah, I'm I'm happy he's gone. Yeah, um, I'll be honest. At first, I'm not even gonna lie to you. When I first heard it, I laughed. And I and the reason I laughed is because I don't know where this notion came that John Gruden has been a good guy and this is his first mistake. Like John Gruden is a bad dude. Like, this isn't the first time he's done something crazy, but people want to pretend that. The Buccaneers basically said, look, we appreciate what he did, but in terms of bringing it on, we got to boot him. Now, a lot of people have issues with it because they're like, oh, all he did was some emails. And, and, and a lot of people who say that, if you look at them, are white, right? Like, a lot of people who are defending him are white. Yeah. And I, this is the question I pose to them, and I've been on Twitter all day saying this, and I've yet to get an answer. Imagine if Mike Tomlin said F white people, where would the outrage be? They'd be calling for his job. If he was being, if he was in essence going, you know, being racial against white people, people will be calling for his job. So I don't understand the thing with John Gruden to me. And again, I'm in the minority when I think this, I think he's an average coach with a big mouth. I think the reason people gravitate to him and like him is because he's, he's vocal. He says stuff, he talks, you know, and a lot of the stuff he says is interesting. A lot of stuff kind of catches people's ears. So 
my thing is Tampa let them. They they were like, look, we appreciate what you did, but it's in the Ring of Honor. Got to go. The only issue I have, for some reason, I don't know why, but the Raiders gave Gruden an opportunity to resign. Why I don't know. I'm kind of confused on that. Al, um, the owner, not Al Davis, I believe it's his son who owns it now. He went, he went to go down to talk to him, to talk to John Gruden. What is there to talk about? And for all the people who are saying, oh, guilty by so, um, guilty until proven innocent, or he's innocent until proven guilty, we caught the man in 4K. Like, this isn't like a, an incident where um, uh, Nassib, the, the, I, I believe he's the defensive end on the Raiders. Um, he's oh. gay. Yeah, Carl. It's not like he came out and was like, yeah, during practice one day, John Gordon called me the F word. And, and, and you know what I mean? It's not a he said, she said. We caught the dude in 4K. Now, is he going to get another job? Probably. Because no. you don't think so? No, I, I, I think so only because eventually there's a lot of there's a lot of teams. Like, for instance, like the Giants, right? Their, their coaching is in question, right? The Jets coaching is also in question. People don't know if Urban Meyer is going to say so. I feel like with all that, in a couple years, maybe a team will be desperate enough to go to John Gruden and say, okay, you know, come back. Or at the bare minimum, he'll go to the collegiate level. You know what I mean? But I just, I don't know, just the, the way everything is. Look, he's been a bad guy since day one. And now this is kind of what making people go, oh, no. Like, you know, to me, he's been a bad guy since day one. He's been getting opportunities, Chris. So in my mind, it's like, what's going to stop people now? I think what's going to stop people now is the current social climate in the country. Um, and at the end of the day, it has gone into sports heavily, which I honestly appreciate because uh, people's moral values have been in question more so now than they have ever before. And um, I think it's a good thing. And I really think that owners and people that are in positions to hire players, coaches, everything, they're thinking long and hard about the kind of person that they want to be working for them. And if I know historically the NFL has a lot of rich, white, old owners who might still be stuck in their ways, but a lot of them aren't stupid. They might not be great people, but they're not stupid. And it would be a stupid decision to hire John Gruden in any kind of capacity because he identifies with the team and regardless if he's going to be the head leader of the team or a leader in any capacity you do not want john gruden to be a representation of who your team is and what your team represents and i think that's going to be true to the college level as well because at the end of the day if i'm a college if i'm a um if i'm a high school athlete and i have the opportunity even if I know this would never happen, but even if John Gruden's the head coach of Alabama, which is the biggest spotlight you can be at in college football. Yeah. I would much rather sign with almost any other team because I'd go to Old Dominion. I yeah, I'd right. go to Old Dominion. Yeah. Shit, I might go to UConn. Hundred percent. Honestly, I will I'll go to community college. Only because, and the reason I say that is because if the next and this is kind of something people don't understand. Then his next spot, wherever he goes, if he ends up coaching again, the players are going to be asked, oh, you know, with all the controversy, do you think it's a good idea? So they're going to be asked about that constantly. And it's going to be to a point where, like, there's going to be more questions about John Gruden than there is about football. And it's like, look, I don't know John Gruden yet, you know? So on top of that, there are already questions about his coaching that you brought up before. 
you're not the only person. It's not that unpopular of an opinion to say that John Gruden is not that good of a coach. I mean, look at what he's done in Las Vegas. I mean, it's it has not been good. He got rid of Khalil Mack, and I again, I know he's not the general manager, but he no, was he had, with that contract. He had, he definitely had he could have he could have stopped that trade. He had a hand in a lot of these decisions, yep. especially especially of how they've been drafting. I mean. They, a lot of people say they've been the worst at drafting in the league over the past however many years he's been there. That isn't necessarily true. They got Hunter Renfro in the fourth or the fifth round. Same thing with Max Crosby. They have hit on some late-round draft picks, but their first-round draft picks have been absolutely terrible, starting with Clendon Farrell, which mm-hmm. there wasn't a single person, a single analyst, a single fan, a single general manager that thought Clendon Farrell – was going to go number four overall to the Oakland Raiders. Because nope. at the time they were in Oakland. Yep. But back then, Dexter Lawrence played on the same team as Clinton Farrell in high school. There wasn't a single team in the NFL that had Clinton Farrell above Dexter Lawrence, his nope. teammate on their big board. The only people who had him above was the Raiders, which people yeah. were kind of like, and So bottom line, John Gruden – has already been questioned as to as to being a decent head coach in the NFL, and his morals are in question. It everything's out in the open, like you said. He got caught in 4K. I do not think John Gruden gets hired again. Yeah, honestly, I hope not. But you you nailed it. You nailed it perfectly on the head earlier. The next that whoever takes him next, it's going to be a stupid move, hundred percent. Because at this point, you're bringing what I believe, and I'm, I'm assuming you and I share the same sentiment an average coach with extraordinary distractions. But speaking of extraordinary distractions, Kyrie Irving, the Nets kind of had gotten sick of it. They're suspending Kyrie Irving until he takes the vaccine. Now now it came out that Brooklyn, forget suspended, they they took back their extension. They're not even going to extend him. They don't want anything to do with Kyrie at this moment. Now the legit question comes up, because my opinion on this, I've been taking some heat from it for a while. So, Chris, I've been waiting for this specifically for you. Can the Nets win a championship without Kyrie Irving? Yes, the Brooklyn Nets can win a championship without Kyrie Irving. Do I think it will be much more difficult? Absolutely. The main reason for that, of why it will be more difficult, is because the Brooklyn Nets do not have a lot of depth, especially at the wing position. They can put James Harden at the one. That can easily happen. But at the two, do you really want Bruce Brown? And then maybe uh, I'm trying to think of it. Or Patty Mills. They could start Patty Mills. I guess they have some guard depth, but it would be a lot more difficult to get there. But when you have Kevin Durant and James Harden on the same team in a seven seconds offense run by Steve Nash, one of the best facilitators of all time, a two time MVP, I mean, it was hard. They already almost got to the championship and probably would have won if it wasn't for the Bucks and a one-inch foot. I, I like. They can definitely still win the championship because think about it. Last year, looking at the rosters without James Harden, they were championship favorites. A lot of people forget before they got James Harden, the Brooklyn Nets were already looked at. They were still top three seed in the in the East. Like at worst, they were the third seed. At worst, and the only people, the only oh, people who had him as a third seed were people who didn't like him. Hundred percent. And the biggest thing that kept them from being 
uh, consensus number one pick to win the championship last year was people were concerned about Kevin Durant's health coming off of an Achilles injury. He showed that he can play. He's still Kevin Durant. And at this point in time, he's the front runner for MVP right now. So I I definitely still I, I definitely still think the Nets can win without Kyrie. I think it will affect them, especially having a max contract on their books that they're not getting anything out of. Hopefully they can find a way. I mean, hopefully not at being a Celtics fan, but for their sake, hopefully they can find a way to offload his money if he's unwilling to play and be able to get someone in, get someone in who's going to contribute night in and night out. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, this is kind of where a lot of people kind of differ with me. Not only do I believe that they can win, I don't think the odds change at all. I genuinely, I, I believe Kyrie Irving doesn't do, and look, if all across history, right, if you go to the big three, right, you go to any big three, regardless of, of you know, who it is, regardless of the team, there's always been one thing. More times than not, there's always that one person in that big three that's more expendable than the others. There's always that one guy who people tend to go, you know what, you know, we want to keep them, but there's that one guy, if we can get something for, we'll trade. And in this equation, it's Kyrie Irving. Like Kyrie Irving is the of that big three now. Of obviously, if, if the Nets want to keep him, have at it. But of all the big three, if you get um, if you get rid of uh, Kevin Durant, you're not you're you're not making it out the East. I I don't even know if you even get past the second round. If you get rid of Kevin Durant, if you get rid of James Harden, okay, maybe you'll get to the conference finals. But again, people like to forget before this before this whole vaccine thing. Kyrie Walker, Kyrie Walker, what is wrong with me? Kyrie Irving has still had a reputation of being, no matter how you want to call it, not really dependable. Every time he, every time he has a bad night, I gotta go somewhere. I gotta go do this. I gotta do this. And it's like, at some point, if you have a bad night, it's fine. All guys do that. Just sit down and. and it's almost as if he if he goes and shoot over, he expects the media to talk about, hey Kyrie, um, uh, uh, nice shoes. It's like no, like they're gonna ask you about your bad game, as just like when you have a great game, they ask you about that. Kyrie Irving and I, I've said this before, and people just don't like it when, when I say this. He is a cancer, and that's just a bona fide fact. And I'm I'm explaining you why. I'm explaining you why. Okay. Cleveland, he threw a big hissy fit, right? Supposedly, oh my God, I don't want to play with LeBron. I don't want to do this. When that was his best, that, that was the best thing he's ever had, right? Reports came out that there was Kyrie would go days and even weeks not talking to teammates. During the season, during the season, there were there were reports that he would literally skip on practice because he didn't feel like being there. So then he goes to Boston. Then when he goes to Boston, he goes, Oh, I'm like, that's it. I'm the guy. In the playoffs, this guy was he was shooting horribly, and he's on the sidelines trying to yell at Jason Tatum and Terry Rozier, and he's trying to tell yell at them and act like it's their fault. And they're like, "Bro, you out of your mind! Like, look at look at the stat line and come back and talk to me." Then we go to Brooklyn. Every single time he's had a horrible night, I gotta go on a sabbatical. I gotta go take a break. 
the dude stubs his toe and all of a sudden, yeah, bro, I, I don't know how I'm going to do. Like, this is crazy. Every time Ty Kyrie Irving takes a step, it's threatening his career in his mind. And that's how he portrays it. He's on the sidelines trying to yell at, uh, at Claxton. And Claxton's just looking at him like, excuse my friend, who the fuck is this guy? Like, yo, if you got a rookie looking at you like, yo, who are you? You should probably not be talking. Like, if, if I'm a vet and I'm going up to a rookie Lonzo Ball and I'm like, yo, Lonzo, what do you do? Pick your stuff up. And he looks at me like, huh? I'm, not only am I sitting down, I'm telling yo, coach, I'm no longer a leader. If if, 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 if if this was football and you had the C's on your jersey, rip it off. But I'm, I'm Bro, like, this guy has a history of doing this. And look, he's a great talent. Don't get it twisted. On the court, he's a talent. But then when you start looking at the intangibles, when you start looking about the off-court stuff that comes that comes into effect on the court, this guy is not worth it. I don't care what anybody says. He's not worth it when you're a championship team. And a lot of other people are seeing it because now Kyrie Irving is like, oh, yeah, if so, his camp leaked if Kyrie Irving were to get traded. He's retired. But then other teams are like, even if you are going to retire, we wouldn't want you. Because, again, where, where, where does he fit? There's really no place he could fit. If you put him in a, in a young place where they want to develop young talent, all he's going to do is get in the way of it because he's ball dominant and he wants to rock. But then at the same time, if, if, if you put him on a championship contender, you're kind of nervous because it's like, I mean, yeah, not only is he injury prone, but at the same time, the guy's just – He's going to wake up one day and all of a sudden go, I don't want to play. And then he's going to need an an extra amount, an an enormous amount of time off. And at times in the regular season, Chris, that's something you can't afford. I agree that Kyrie Irving is not dependable, but I do not agree that Kyrie Irving is a cancer. And the reason for that being is, yes, he does cause some distraction and he does make some questionable decisions, but... You've heard from Marcus Smart. You've heard from Jason Tatum. You've heard from Jalen Brown. You've heard from LeBron. You've heard from Kevin Durant. You've heard from all of the great players that he has played with. All of them speak nothing but high things about. They always speak to him in high regard. I think Kyrie Irving is a complicated person. And I believe that Kyrie Irving... I think sometimes he tries to do a little too much in interviews. I think he tries to make uh, a point when a point doesn't really need to be made. But at the end of the day, that's opinionated. And I think that Kyrie Irving is trying to use his platform for whatever he wants to use it as, which I think is his right, because he earned his platform. But I do think Kyrie Irving makes some questionable decisions um, when regarding the vaccine. The only reason I would say it's questionable is because he says he is not. If I'm getting this quote right, he says that he's willing to get the vaccine, but he doesn't want to get it because he wants the voice of the unheard to be heard. Which is I, I think that, was, that quote. You're right. You're right. Well, he this, he basically. I, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I think I think that's kind of bullshit. I don't think it's bullshit that he's saying it because I, I genuinely think he believes it. But I don't think it's the right thing to do because at the end of the day, you do you are getting paid max money from a team. And you have a responsibility to play for that team and to help that team win a championship because they have nothing short of championship aspirations. Yep. 
do I think everyone has a right to question the vaccine or um, question them having to get it? Yes, because at the end of the day, it is an individual right. I'm vaccinated. I didn't question it. I thought it was the right thing to do, but not everyone might, not everyone's going to feel that way. And I respect and understand that. So when it comes to Kyrie Irving, I think he is misunderstood a lot. I think he's a complicated person. I don't think he's dependable at this current state and time to a team, especially a team that's trying to win a championship. But I do not necessarily think that he's a cancer because of it. I do. And the reason I say that is because, so you said that, you know, all these guys came out, you know, and they say, oh, yeah, you know, we love them. Those are also the same guys who has nothing but praise for Isaiah Thomas. When Isaiah Thomas left Boston, guys didn't like playing with him. That's not true. That is true. There's there's not there's there's numerous reports on it that even as in his MVP here, guys did not enjoy playing with him. They would ask yeah. them, they would ask the team for some reason every time, which is what I, I couldn't stand. When they were asked and they reported it to like the like certain reporters, they always said, Don't put my name on it. So it was they were behind a- a- anonymity, right? But then when you would ask everybody in the locker room, all of a sudden they said, Yeah. So my thing is, is like, my thing is people are more comfortable to say what's on their mind if it's not attached to them. That's, I, my that's, that's 100% true. I mean, that's that's true to anything. But exactly. When so it the, when it comes to the Isaiah Thomas thing, I don't want to get too off topic, but I do want to see those reports and I want to see what things were said, because to my understanding, everyone loved Isaiah Thomas. They I mean, loved him as a person, as an individual and a human. They loved him when it came to. On the court, that's where they had an issue. That's where they were because he was extremely ball dominant. But like you said, we'll make we'll make this a discussion another day. When it comes to Kyrie, my thing is, I just I, I don't I I literally be, I believe it's a cancer because look, he left Cleveland. When he left Cleveland, Cleveland was a mess. Let's let's be honest. They were still a championship team, but they were a mess. Cleveland was a mess because Kyrie left and the package they got back wasn't sufficient because Isaiah Thomas wasn't able to stay healthy. And when he got healthy, he wasn't able to go back into Isaiah Thomas form. And also, too, with that team, I mean, they signed Derrick Rose that offseason. It didn't work out. They signed Dwayne Wade that offseason. It didn't work out. Kevin Love couldn't stay healthy. Tristan Thomas is not a good basketball player. I mean, they – Tristan Thompson is not a good basketball player. I think he is. But, oh, he has his offensive limi- like limitations. Don't get it wrong. You know he what I mean? Defensive limitations. Ah, I, I, think, I, think, I think he's been getting the shaft on that. I think he's a solid defender. Like, a solid interior defender. He is atrocious at God. protecting the rim. Wow, you're not a fan of Tristan Thompson. I am so happy he's gone from Boston. I'm so happy. He was – He Honestly, when we got him – I wouldn't have mind if we gave Time Lord the start and had Tristan Thompson coming off the bench. I wouldn't have minded that, but I don't know that that, that the whole Tristan Thompson. Thompson Tristan Thompson, what he did well is he he can rebound. He's a he's a he's a very solid rebounder, offensive and defensive. But when it comes to being able to switch on defense, he's not able to switch well. He's not terrible at switching. He's not as bad as Ennis Cantor, but at the end of the day. He's not good at defending the rim. He's six eight. He can't jump that well. He's a little heavy. Now, but 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 now though, like 
it's kind of unfair to say, in Cleveland, he wasn't like that. Or dare I say, before he got paid. Because honestly, when, when he got paid in Cleveland, that's kind of when it started going down. But before yeah. that, he he was, I'm not going to say he was one of the best bigs in the league, but he was a very useful guy. He was useful, but I do think he was overrated. Because at, he was, I'll put it to you like this, he's gotten worse at protecting the rim over the years. Oh, I'll take that. 100%. He, was, he, was, he was better um, when he was in Cleveland than he was in Boston at protecting the rim. But I will say in Boston, he was atrocious, and that's the most I've seen him play because, of course, I'm a Celtics fan. But regardless, Kyrie leaving Cleveland is what started Cleveland's demise. It's not the drama that happened before Kyrie left. There was drama, though. There was drama because Kyrie. Because Kyrie, that's what I'm saying. But right, so, so, every, player, okay. every player has a right to not want to be in the situation. No, 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 no. Before he demanded the trade, though, because there were times he was going AWOL and he was missing practices and there was games he was missing where they made up a fake injury because they didn't want people to think, oh, the dude's going AWOL. Well, Dennis Rodman did that in Chicago and they won rings. That's different because you have not you got Scotty Pippen policing him. You got then you also got Phil Jackson policing him. So then you got the organization policing him. Like Cleveland's like so policing you with LeBron. So Kyrie has to be at more fault because he's a better player. What do you mean more fault? You're saying? Uh, what do you mean? So you're saying because Dennis Rodman had other pieces around him. They had an all-time head coach in Philadelphia. No, 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 but, but I'm not really talking about on the floor. I'm not talking about in terms of team success. When you have Phil Jackson, who will control you, I don't care how many rings he wins. He could, if he could control, like he could, he basically helped control him on the court. Scotty got it to him. The organization kind of no, no, helped. No. There were some. The thing is with Cleveland, the only guy who can really be there, where who can literally tell you, "Yo, you're not doing this," was LeBron. Like it, like. You know what I mean? Dan Gilbert really wasn't that hands-on. And that's the but that's the biggest issue with Cleveland, though, like from back then. I don't think it was Kyrie. I think it was the surrounding cast around him. Not players, but I'm <laughs> saying David Griffin put together some atrocious teams for the talent that they had at their disposal. I mean, think about it. They gave J.R. Smith, I think, almost $20 million a year, which J.R. was nice, but that was bad. Yeah. When, was cool. when the, basically – when the TV money came in, they threw every single role player on their team the biggest contract they could give them. They gave Iman Shumpert $15 million a year over the span of four years. That is not a good contract if you're trying to win a championship. They they messed up badly. Will you agree with me with this? If you don't want to blame it on Kyrie, fine. He had something to do with it. In the Cleveland situation, no, I do not really blame I, – I don't blame Kyrie that much because when he was healthy, he performed. But, but no, 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 no. We're not and talking about performance. They don't, they don't win that championship without him. Yeah, I, I, okay, that's, I, that's fine, There's but I'm not talking no about on the court. But I'm, not, not win that championship I'm not talking about on the court, though. I'm talking about off the court. That's what I'm saying. Look, I'm not saying – when, when the issues happen – he demanded a trade, and he got traded. I blame him more for the off-court issues in Boston than I do in Cleveland. Well, of course not, because you, you can't really, when it comes to Boston, you can't really, you can't minimize that, because Boston, we were on a great trajectory till he came, and I will I will say that to my dying breath. I'm he not going to say he set his back, but... He was great in Boston, but what really got messed up was at the end of his last year, even in the middle of that year, first off, he starts off the season by promising to sign a max extension with Boston. When he said that, I knew he was leaving. 
all Boston fans were like, oh, my God, let's go. Like, this is amazing. And then halfway through the year, he's starting to talk about how uh, young players on the team, a.k.a. Terry Rozier, Jalen Brown. Now, I don't know if he was talking about Jason Tatum. I think he was more talking about Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier. But he's saying that these guys aren't willing to accept their roles and it's affecting the team. He's saying that um, the young players on the team aren't buying into the system. He's having all uh, all of a sudden all sorts of problems with the team and everything. And then by the time the playoffs come around, he tries to put the team on his back when keeping in mind the Celtics had one of the deepest teams in the league. Exactly. So we there's had no team in the league. Right. We were uh, favors in the Eastern Conference for three straight years if everyone stayed healthy. And that last year, everyone was healthy. And then – all of a sudden, he just wants to put the team on his back and throw up 30, 35 shots a night, and then we lost to the Bucks in the second round. So, bottom line, though, I do think Kyrie is misunderstood because even after all of that, I look at Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart, in my eyes, of course I don't know the guy, but from what I've seen and as an analyst, what I've been able to see from him, I feel like – what I'm able to take from his character is he has a good judge of other people's character. He doesn't take bullshit. He doesn't put up with shit. Mm-hmm. But he's also an extremely loyal person. If Kyrie was that much of an issue to Marcus Smart, I don't think Marcus Smart would be able to come out and say the nice things he has about Kyrie since he left. So bottom line, I do think Kyrie is not dependable at this current situation, mm-hmm. but I do not think he is – necessarily a cancer because a cancer is a very very strong word a cancer in a locker room is someone who completely breaks up teams a cancer in a locker room is someone who's getting into fights with everyone on the team he's causing a headache for everyone and he ruined he just ruins everything and i don't think Kyrie ruins everything it's kind of crazy because you just gave the definition of a cancer and it's kind of weird you just described Kyrie irving in a nutshell but i will say this the guy's talented I'm not saying the guy's a scrub, but at this point, there's about 20, 25 guys I'd take over him. And I don't even think it's it's a debate. From a pure talent standpoint? I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about everything. If, if, if you're taking everything included, there's probably more I'd take right now. Right. I'm taking everything included. Time, and I'm excluding the vaccine terrible. stuff, though. But I'm excluding the vaccine. I'm excluding that. Minus that, there's still about 20, 25 guys I will take. But it's sad too because from a pure talent standpoint, he's up there. No, there is. I I wouldn't take I wouldn't take fifteen over him if it's, no, I, if it's down to a pure talent I'll be, standpoint. I'll be honest with you. In terms of pure talent, if you're only talking talent, he's just outside the top. You said fifteen; those last five would be eh. It would be you know. It'd be what, tough. It'd be right. It'd be tough. It would be tough. But if we're talking, if we're talking pure talent, I mean, I think about it like this: He has the clutch gene. Yes, no question about that. He has the best handles in the NBA. I feel like that's unquestioned. I, I honestly think he has the best handles of all time. You can make that argument. Yeah, he is a good facilitator when he's in the right system. He mm-hmm. can facilitate the ball. His willingness to get his teammates involved can be questioned. But the talent is there for him to be able to do it. Oh yeah, of course. There, and you saw it early in his in his first year with Boston, and there were a lot of spurts too in the playoffs with Cleveland. He is a very capable defender. 
His instincts are great. Right, what he feels like, of course, yes. He was leading the NBA in steals per game for the first three months of the 2017-2018 season in yep. Boston. I, it's, I honestly think he's the third most talented point guard in the NBA. And you can make that argument. You know, it just sucks because when you when you're talking about sports, especially in basketball, it's just the talent. Exactly. There's other stuff you got to take into consideration. And what kind of what's tough is there's nothing he does on the Nets team that KD or James can't do themselves, like. James Harden at times has shown he can be clutch, right? But so so has Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is no question very well, clutch. And not only that, if we need a closer, Kevin Durant's your guy. If that you need is, a guy to just facilitate, right? And if you need a guy to just facilitate, James Harden can do that. So it's kind of like the best thing that Kyrie Irving can bring to the table is his clutchness, which again is well, great. But if again it all goes back to what I said in the beginning, he's the more he's the, of the three of them. He's the more expendable because everything he brings to the table, my other two guys can do and do it better. I I don't feel like that's giving Kyrie enough justice though because those two guys happen to be top, easily both top ten. Kevin Durant is probably the most talented person in the NBA right now, and then James Harden is top five, if not right outside of it. I'd put him right outside of it, but that's a debate for another day. Right. The the thing with Kyrie is and his correlation to the Brooklyn Nets is in that seven seconds offense, you cannot have enough playmakers and enough people that can score the basketball at an efficient rate, especially with Kyrie's craftiness. I mean, losing him is going to hurt if they do in fact lose him. There is no it I don't, will I don't think definitely so. hurt. No matter who, no matter who you have on your team, no matter who you have on your team, if they had Giannis and KD on the same team, LeBron and KD on the same team, and then Kyrie was the third option. If you lose Kyrie, it's going to hurt. No, it's not. I don't think so. And the yes. reason is because the way he put look. I know what I know what you're saying. They have they have a lot of Kyrie offers. They right. have James Harden can do almost everything Kyrie can do, and right. KD the rest right but so, having another one of those guys it's it specifically in the offense that steve nash has been putting together in brooklyn having Kyrie is very important to that team do i think they can still win a championship without him yes but that is a testament to how great the brooklyn nets can be right bottom line is though Kyrie irving is an amazing basketball player and he offers a lot to that team he does. He does. But at the same time, he does offer a lot in terms of the negative. And that's something that Brooklyn's going to have to weigh I mean, in. From a, stri- a strictly on the court. On the court. So, yeah, again, if you're, if you're speaking pure talent, he's very talented. You know what I mean? It's going to be interesting to see how all this kind of unfolds because as of now, they don't want to give him the extension. They're kind of going to play it day by day. If they even will it's give smart. it to him. It's smart to do that. Exactly. Like, so, like both of us have said, he's not. At this point in time, he's not dependable, and you can't give someone another max contract if you don't know if they're going to be able to play night in and night out. Right, 100%. And, again, this doesn't mean necessarily – because a lot of people saw it and they're, like, freaking out. This doesn't mean necessarily that they're not going to give it to him. It's just not right now. Exactly. It's just right now they're going through some rough waters, and they just need to have a conversation. They need to figure out, you know, where do we go from here, and let's let's start making the proper moves to to go. But you're talking about pure talent – Patrick Mahomes, 
At one point, he was the golden boy of the NFL. I, I couldn't turn on ESPN without seeing this kid every single time. The guy farted, and it was the Picasso. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, he's not unanimously considered the best quarterback anymore. Now people are saying Aaron Rodgers took the title. Now people are saying Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen. Now, when I'm hearing all this, one question popped in my mind. Is it because the league has figured Patrick Mahomes out or are other quarterbacks stepping up and it's just that the field is now becoming better to catch up to Patrick Mahomes? I think it's a combination of uh, other quarterbacks stepping up and also tied in with Patrick Mahomes is just having a rough start. I mean, when you look at Kansas City's defense, it is absolutely atrocious. Their secondary is bad. Their run defense is subpar. They don't have great linebackers. I mean, the only three I – mean, Nick Bolton hasn't been terrible as a rookie, but when you look at their defense, there's only four like guys that you look at and are like, okay, they would be solidified starters on most teams that they play for. That's not that good. You know what I mean? When you have a Super Bowl contending team, which they should be, based on their roster makeup on offense especially, they should be contending right now, but they do not have a good record. They're two and three. And Patrick Mahomes, when you're playing on a team that has that subpar of a defense, it's troublesome because – Every single time that defense lets up a touchdown, you are put in a position to need to score. For his first few years, he was much more comfortable. Their defense still was not great, but it was not as bad. And when you look at Patrick Mahomes, everything is still there. We've seen we've seen this out of Patrick Mahomes before. He is not as amazing as he is he is not looked at as the most consistent quarterback in the NFL. Is he one of the least consistent? Absolutely not. I still think he is no question the most talented quarterback in the NFL right now. But when you have a team where the offensive line was restored, bringing in Orlando Brown, when you still have Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire before he just got injured, you do have to make some things happen. So I don't think Patrick Mahomes isn't the best quarterback in the NFL anymore. I still think he is. I honestly think he's just off to a slow start. We will see. But we do have to give credit to the other quarterbacks who have been stepping up, like the Josh Allens. Aaron Rodgers has always been there. And other guys around, Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford. There's there's a lot of guys. So we'll just have to see. There we go. I'm in the camp where I think it's a little bit of both. I think the league is starting to figure out Patrick Mahomes a little bit. Now, that's not to say that they'll ever be able to shut him down, to clamp him. I think right now the Kansas City Chiefs are the most vulnerable there they've ever been. And like you said, it all really comes down to that defense. That defense is, is horrible. That is the equivalent of putting 100 pounds on your back and then trying to go swim the Atlantic, the Atlantic Ocean. It's just like, it, it's it's not going to work. Their last in sack. Overall, their defense is ranked 32nd. Overall, in terms of giving up passing yards, they're ranked 28th. 
Yards overall, 31st. Rushing yards, 29th. It's like a lot of their defense is like, you get a touchdown. You get a touchdown. Oh, you didn't get one yet? Well, you know, here you go. Like, it's like, it's bizarre. Now, the reason I think the league is starting to figure out Patrick Williams just a little bit, what people have been making the mistake of doing was pressuring Patrick Mahomes. Because now when you pressure him, it kind of leaves Tyreek Hill alone. It leaves Travis Kelsey alone. And again, like you said, in terms of talent, Patrick Mahomes, if you give him, if you try to like put pressure on him, he's not really the type of dude that like when he's running is like, what do I do with the ball? Like when he's running, he's like, look, I'll, if I have to, I'll pick up some yards, but I'm still looking to throw the ball because, again, he's got a can. What I've been seeing from teams is I haven't been seeing a lot of blitzes. I haven't. So now instead of having Patrick Mahomes rely on his, his athleticism, now he's got to rely on his brain. Now he's got to start picking apart the defense in an advanced way, a way that, frankly, only few quarterbacks have, and that's just that comes with time. The only guys who can really pick apart like that are like the Aaron Rodgers of the world and the Tom Brady's of the world. Those guys that have seen it all and done it all. And they're kind of just like, okay, I got enough experience. I know what's going on. I would say Big Ben, but the guy can't throw. He can't. Bro, I could throw my son further than he could throw football. There was there was a time where Big Ben was spoken in that discussion. That is yes, th- there was. But right now, his mentally, he still got it. But in terms of his physical capabilities, he's not that guy anymore. But you're right. If this was five years ago, Big Ben would have been, been been in that conversation. You know, but as of right now, it's really only Tom and Aaron Rodgers. And again, it's because if you pressure them, they already can read the defense. And a lot of times, they know what the defense is going to do seconds before the ball is even snapped. And Patrick Mahomes isn't there yet. You know, so like now that they're kind of playing with him like that, now you're kind of seeing Patrick Mahomes look a little uncomfortable because – He's not relying on his freak ability. The best way I can describe it is Russell Westbrook, right? If you go up and you guard Russell Westbrook and you try to guard him from the free throw or from the uh, from the half court line, the dude's a freight train. He's gonna go whatever. He's gonna run by you. When you start sagging off, he looks a little uncomfortable because he knows he's not the best shooter in the world. He'll still try it, but when you start limiting a guy's you know natural physical ability, especially at the quarterback position. They look a little different, especially when they rely on it. So that's why I think the league is starting to figure him out a little bit. Again, that's not to say that Patrick Mahomes is going to look like a bum. You know, like he's at worst, he's a top five quarterback at worst. And even then, I don't, I don't even see him as I still got him top three. You know, you I, I got him as the third best right now. Do you have anyone ranked ahead of him right now? Right now, going into the season or going into week uh, six, I have Josh Allen one, Kyler Murray two. You could flip those. But, but again, this is how they played this year. This is going from this year. Because ever since that week one loss, Josh Allen has been on a mission. And he's been tearing fools up. And then Patrick Mahomes at three. Now, again. So, so with that same logic, you don't have Matthew Stafford in that discussion? I if have him at six. If you're using the logic of. I have Jeff- him at six. I have him at six. But how is that crazy, though? How is that crazy? Because if you're using the logic of based off of just what they've produced just this year. I'm talking about just this year. The Rams have had some of the biggest statement wins of the season. Matthew Stafford has been amazing. 
and right. But I'm explaining. I'm explaining you why I don't have. I, this is why it's tough. If you sit down and watch a Rams game, Matthew Stafford one play will do a phenomenal throw, a throw that you're like, wow, how did he do that? And then the next play, he'll hit, he'll miss a wide open, uh, a, a wide open Robert Woods for absolutely no reason. That's no. why for me, yes, if you He's not that inconsistent. Matthew Stafford is not that inconsistent. It's inconsistent enough for for me to be like, eh, like among the top three gives me pause. Because again, he will make these wild throw these wild throws that that you can't call luck. So that's why I'm saying, like, I believe six. Heck, if you want to move him up, fine. I don't mind. That's not my hill to die on. All I know is the, the right now the top three quarterbacks. I don't care what order you want to put them in. Is Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, and Patrick Mahomes. For me, those are the three top QBs right now. Okay. Whatever way you want to put them, I'm not going to argue it because again, so that's basically, not- so but- basically your top. You're dictating your top quarterbacks based off of like, let's say, the MVP candidates. Not really, because if it's based on MVP candidacy, because the thing is, being the best quarterback and being the MVP in terms of quarterback, those are two different discussions. But you're, but you're saying right now, though, you're saying based off of what we've seen this season. And right. if the best quarterback, if the best two quarterbacks on your list are the headlines uh-huh. of being MVP candidates, why is the number third not? Well, because Josh Allen and Kyler Murray, both great quarterbacks. They're not top. They're they weren't considered top five quarterbacks. Josh Allen, maybe. But Josh Allen, for me, he was he was he was top five. He was at five going into this into season. This season he wasn't really. Neither of them were like. They were. They might have been in the discussion, but yeah. Josh for me, Allen, the only one who was in the discussion was because Allen of he, because of what he did last season. He was right around there, but right. coming into this season, they were not considered the one and two quarterbacks in the league. No, so which, which is right. Your list. My main issue is if you have Josh Allen at one and Kyler Murray at two for best quarterbacks in the league right now based off of just this season, uh-huh. you can't have Mahomes at three. Like yeah. I said before, like I said before, I think Patrick Mahomes is just off to a rough start. He's still Patrick Mahomes. I don't think much has changed. I disagree with you in that defense is a fully figured him out because I didn't say they fully figured him out. I just said they're on the path. You and you can't deny that because it, because when they don't blitz him, he looked there. There was a stat they threw out that when um when this year when he's not being blitzed, he's got a, a QBR of seventy five. It was a, it was a QBR seventy five. His completion percentage goes down. His um his touchdown to inter, his touchdowns go down. His interceptions go up. Like like they're they're on to something. Now I'm not going as far as saying that. Oh yeah, if you play him like that, you're gonna win. I'm not saying that at all. You know, but I, think, I don't think defenses are necessarily figuring him out because at the end of the day, people were knowing not to blitz on uh, Patrick Mahomes, even in his first season. Right, but they were still doing it, though. Not to the not to the extent that people like to think. I mean, no, this, this like, year, this year, he is on pace to be blitzed the least he's ever been in his entire career. And that goes back to collegiate level, too. Yes, this year. He's actually on pace to be blitzed less. Yes, and, and, and I, honestly, again, this is not to say – I just want to make sure I'm clear. This is not to say Patrick Mahomes is trash. 
right? This, I'm not yeah, trying to I, I completely understand that, but yeah, I just want to make sure it's known because I don't want people thinking I'm saying he's trash. You know, as what time goes, though, he'll be able to overcome it. But what I'm hearing though is all he needs to do is make an adjustment. He doesn't need to change the guy that he is. And I'm not saying that this is what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's as much of defense is figuring him out as much of defi- defenses are finding a different way to challenge him, and he's just going to have to make an adjustment. You can say that. If, if you want to say that, I'm, I'm willing to live with that too. I'm willing to live with that too, where defenses are now giving him a different look, and now he's kind of got to improvise a little more. And, I'll, I'll take that. And I do completely agree with you in that a lot of the things that he's going to need, the adjustments that he's going to need to make moving forward are things that come with time because – the adjustments he needs to make are, like you said, being able to pick apart a defense no matter what package they're sending at you. He needs to be able to find his targets, and if they're not there, improvise. He's going to need to find ways to know where – he's going to need to sit in that film room and understand where everyone on that defense is going to be going, to, yep. regardless of what play they call. He needs yep. to be able to read defenses more than the average quarterback. And coming into last season – he was saying, I didn't really know much about the – he was saying he didn't know much about reading defenses. Yep. He didn't really know how to to the extent that he did at this point. So yeah. he he's already getting there. He already knows what he needs to do. So I don't think anyone with that knowledge and what the knowledge – with the knowledge he's going to be getting moving forward, the more and more he learns about how to pick apart a defense, I don't think anyone's going to be able to touch Patrick Mahomes as the best quarterback in the league for a while. Probably not. Probably not, you know, um, like, you know, he came in saying, you know, I, I'm he admitted, like you said, I've been relying mostly on my God given talent, my God given ability and it meant combining that ability with the knowledge that as much as you want to poo poo on it, Andy Reid is he's a smart dude. Right. Oh, he's, now, a it, coach. he's phenomenal. Exactly. So learning from not only Andy Reid, but also learning and picking it apart himself. So now he can actually sit down in the film room and instead of going, hey, coach, what do you think about this? He can look at it and go, okay, I, I think I know this. You know what I mean? But we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Right now he's still – it's unfair to call his struggles because I think the problem is when Patrick Mahomes first – like when he first came, he set the bar up high, right? Like the kid, the kid in terms of his career in the NFL – his breath was still smelling like Similac. Well, he came he came into you know? a great situation. He came into right. a great situation. He had great weapons around him, one of the best coaches in the league, a team that already had an Alex Smith who was an MVP front runner that year. Yeah. Like his rookie year. So they he came into a situation where they know how to put their quarterback in a position to succeed. Yeah, so with his with his just natural capabilities physically, he was able to torch people. So, like you said, I think I don't think they're finding him out as much as he's just going to need to make some adjustments, but I still think he is the best quarterback in the NFL. And that's fine. You know, I, I think – I don't think you saying he's the best is crazy. I don't think that's out of pocket. Me personally, I think there's two other guys who are playing a little better. But, you know, again, like I said – this is how they're this is the, from this season how they've been looking, regardless of whether they're a new team or not, how they've been looking as of right now. Heck, come week six, Patrick Mahomes could all of a sudden magically 
figure everything out and go back to torching the league again. And then he can go back to one. It's That's a possibility because, again, we're dealing with a freak of nature who's good at football. And, and listen, Yeah, we're still talking about Patrick Mahomes here. Oh, 100%. You know, and the crazy part about it is he's just good at football, right? Like, he's relying so much on his athletic ability. Imagine if he only knew 25% or 30% of a Tom Brady. Just imagine that. Imagine if he only knew a fraction of an Aaron Rodgers. Well, just I think, imagine. I think he's at that fraction. I think he just needs to – I think I think he knows I think he knows a lot more than a lot of people give credit to him for. It's just memorizing a lot of these things and being able to see it out on the field right before it happens. Um, yeah. Well, like like, and like, like you said, and like you said before, those things just come with time. Yep, hundred so percent. They do. We're just gonna have to wait and see. Yeah, definitely. But we both could agree on this. And if even if he continues the rest of his career the way he's playing right now. He's still his name is still going to be in the conversation for the best quarterback in the league, unless unless some freak injury happens that makes him look like a, a decrepit turtle. This kid is still going to be looking like the best, the one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But we're going to keep the NFL topics rolling. Power rankings: your top five teams heading into Week Six. Now, Chris, you sent me your you know I, I got you know I got your list. We our list are sort of kind of similar, kind of. But there's some differences. Yes. Start off, hit me. What's your number five team? My number five team is the Los Angeles Chargers. And I picked the Chargers because Justin Herbert has been playing amazing. He's gelling so well with Brandon Stanley as his head coach. Rashawn Slater has looked amazing at left tackle. Their offensive line issues seem to be pretty much fixed. Their defense is playing great, better than expected. Mike Williams is having the best year of his career so far. Derwin James is finally being discussed as a top, a true top D-back in this league. Yep. I think that the Los Angeles Chargers, there was a quote I saw that a lot of people need to stop looking at the Chargers as this amazing team of the future, and they need to start looking at the Los Angeles Chargers as an amazing team right now. Yep, I, I, I 100% I agree. They are definitely – a very solid team. I like them. I'm not honest. I have them at this point. I got them booked in to win the division. But my number five, I'm going to have to go with the Ravens. Now, the reason I'm going with the Ravens, and a lot of people are kind of wondering, with all these injuries, and again, I'm not a, I am not a Lamar Jackson guy. I think I, I just think at this point, he's a glorified running back. I genuinely believe Oh, that. my God. And, are you kidding me? Did no, you see what he did on Monday? And uh, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. You better be. If if we if I can get that Monday night Lamar Jackson, and you can give him to me, fourteen out of the seventeen weeks of the NFL season, I, I, I apologize. Hundred percent apologize. If you get that, if you get that Lamar Jackson for fourteen out of the seventeen weeks in the NFL season, he's the. He's putting the he's putting together the best season any NFL quarterback has ever. All right, so, so 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 we'll do this. So we'll do this. We'll do this. We'll do this. If, if he, he can does, give me that, how about this? If he can give me that twice a year, and then seventy five percent of that five times a year, and then forty five percent of like, this is getting way too into logistics. Bottom no, 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 no. But the thing the thing is is what I okay, what I saw from him I like. But the thing is we've seen him pop off passing one game and then the next week he struggles. See what I'm saying? Now he's. 
He's on a good path because this year he's been throwing the ball more. And on top of that, while throwing the ball more, he's been making these – he's been hitting guys. You know, there's some there's some routine throws well, that he wasn't able to make before, and he's making them now. He's got more guys to hit. I mean I, – I don't want to hit – no. Okay, who was his number one wide receiver last year? Marquise Hollywood. Brown. And who's his number one this year? Hollywood, a better version of Hollywood. It's the same Hollywood. No, it's not. I don't want to hear it. It's the same Hollywood. No, people it's not. Blamed, Last people year, blamed Hollywood because Lamar couldn't throw. No, people. That's all people, it came down to. No, people. If people are blaming Hollywood, then they're just wrong to blame him because at the end of the day, he's still a young receiver. There was a lot of pressure put on him though because he was a rookie receiver that solely depended on being a hundred and eighty pound, five ten receiver who basically just runs fast and he wasn't amazing. He wasn't a great route runner. He wasn't getting open as much as he has been this year. He got a lot bigger, a lot stronger and a lot better at playing his position. And that's why he's been popping off and playing so much better. And that has helped Lamar tremendously. And also having Sammy Watkins, Mark Andrews is getting better every year. The receiving it's, it's, his the two receivers, best receivers, which is Mark Andrews and Hollywood, the same, were the same ones the, from last year. They're the same guys. Same guys. But they're both young. So how can you say that it's just all this? It's the same exact thing. It's different. They're both young guys that have made strides. Lamar so couldn't throw the ball. That's all I'm saying. He's showing he can this year. He could throw the ball. Two weeks to Rome. Two weeks to Rome. I'm not going to argue about that. But I got at five. That's why I have him. If they continue on the show. And not only that. I'm talking about all this. I even mentioned the injuries to their defense and their running backs. So for them to be in, you know, for them to be this successful, like if I'm not saying they're four and one, they, and not only for them to be this successful and with a messed up defense to beat Kansas, to me, it's like I, I got to, at the bare minimum, I got to put them in there. But what's your number four? My number four is the Dallas Cowboys. But before I get into that real quick, I just want to touch more on the Ravens just a little bit. Go ahead. With all that that I did say, I will have to say, though, I did not put the Ravens in my top five. Because although how great Lamar Jackson played on Monday, they still almost lost to the Colts. And that's tough. I I think the Colts are a way better team than their record shows. And that that's why I'm not holding this this – almost lost against them because the Colts, I don't know what's going on, but the Colts right now are a mess. They should they, they should have a way better record than what, than what they are. They've lost a lot of close games. Yes. So that's why I'm not. Yeah. And on top of that. Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz is getting acclimated to a new system, something he's somewhat familiar with, but it's still a new system. It's a new environment, new receivers. He's establishing connections. And the Colts secondary hasn't been playing as well as it usually does. Yeah, 100%. On top of that. The only reason I'm giving it to the Ravens is because I, I watched that game. The Ravens were down. If I'm going to say at one point they were down like 23 to 3 at one point. The one reason I, I almost turned, tuned it off. But play by play, they were playing as if it was a field goal game. They were playing like they were only down by three. Like they, they, were, they, they, were, they were being very patient. They were taking it with – and. That's kind of why I slipped them in because not only did they have success, but they showed me this was this was a game that a lot of other teams would have said whatever, throw the title onto the next week. They kind of gritted their teeth, which has kind of been their mo a little bit. 
It don't matter. We're going to grit our teeth and whatever happens, happens. They did that for that clutch gene. I'll be honest with you. I didn't, I originally, I didn't think that. Now I'm starting to see, because like I said, uh, Monday, there was some throws he did that showed a lot of poise and composure. And like I said, if he can, if he can develop the, the throw in the ball, I don't care what anybody says, he still struggles with that. He's on the right path this year. He is. If he can continue with it, this guy's going to be stupidly dangerous. I don't. He's going to be ridiculously dangerous, bro. And you got to look at you got to look at the game last year against the Browns. I mean, that was game of the year last year. And yep. same thing. He stayed poised. He made some great throws. He had some great runs. He did everything he had to do, and he won. They won that game, and a lot of it was because of him. John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh is not an idiot. And he no, not. all of his faith into Lamar Jackson because he knows of how talented this guy is. And it's not just because he can run the ball. This guy, his arm talent is spectacular. He, do, he does need to get a little bit more accurate. He needs to learn how to improvise a little bit more. But also, too, they have not given him all that great a help. They really haven't. This is this is where we're going to disagree. But okay. agree to disagree right now the four number four. Yeah, so number who's your number four? Which this one actually shocked me. I'll be honest with you. Number four, I got the Dallas Cowboys. The really the reason I have the Dallas Cowboys is because they beat my number five team in the Los Angeles Chargers, and also too they have exceeded expectations crazily. I mean, Dak Prescott looks like he hasn't skipped a beat. I have them ranked ahead of the Buccaneers because at the end of the day, I know they lost to the Bucks in Week One. But I don't think this is the same Cowboys team that we saw in week one. Their run game is back. Their run game is back. Zeke looks great. Pollard looks great. Their offensive line has been giving Dak time. They've been opening lanes for their running backs. C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper have both looked great. Michael Gallup, sadly, has been hurt. But I know when he comes back, he's going to look good. Their defense has been exceeding expectations tremendously. Trayvon Diggs is an amazing cornerback in this league. He's doing stuff we haven't seen before. Six inter- Is it six interceptions in five games? Yep. yep. When does that happen? Six, inter- six interceptions will usually get you the single-season title for most interceptions in the league, and he did it in the first five games. I don't know, man. I don't know. Look, man. Mika, I, Pars- Mika Parsons has played amazingly for a rookie. I mean, they they had their defense. That's for a rookie. He's been playing amazing, period. For, for anyone. Rookie. For anyone. Yeah. At the for end of the rookie. day, the reason I put the Cowboys here is because they're getting better week by week. I still think Mike McCarthy is a terrible head coach. <laughs> but, man, I still hate Dan Quinn for what he did for the to the Falcons. But even Dan Quinn, you got to give him a lot of credit. This defense is exceeding expectations, and he's putting it's because he's putting a lot of guys in the right roles in positions to succeed. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're not, they're not, they're not in my top five. And I, I, I didn't even think about them at all. And frankly, I, I don't think I made a mistake. Um, I, I, I have no beef or cause when having them out of mind. I'm, I'm chilling. My number four is the Chargers. Uh, for some of the reasons you stated earlier, you know, their defense. But also, one of the main reasons I'm falling in love for about 
two years now, maybe three, I've been screaming Austin Eckler is an elite running back. People elite is a a tough word, but I don't hate that, though. I don't. People hate it. But my thing is, he does a lot of the stuff Alvin Kamara does, and people worship him like he's a god. And me personally, the only difference is Kamara got more hair. That's the only difference. Those two are interchangeable to me. You know, again, not to say that that Alvin is horrible, but for me, I feel like if you put Alvin Kamara in 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 LA, and you put Austin Eckler in in the Saints, they're doing the same thing. Nothing is changing for either one of those boys. They could run the ball and they can catch. Like, you know what I mean? Like to me, I've, I've always felt like he's been disrespected for like far too long. I think also, I agree that Austin Eckler doesn't get the credit that he necessarily deserves, but I think a lot of that has to come to, to the fact that – or a lot of that is due to the fact that he isn't on the field all the time. He gets That's hurt. true. That, that, that is true. But and and injuries, oh, happen. injuries happen. Injuries right, happen. Part of and you got to take care of your body, but things happen. And right. you can't blame players for getting injured all the time. And, but, but here's my retort to that. Here's, my, here's the only retort I have to that. People still giving Joe Mixon opportunities. People still sucking Joe Mixon. But they, but the right, I see what you're saying, but the right people don't put Joe Mixon in the conversation. It, it, if someone tells me that Joe Mixon is a better running back than Austin Eckler, I, I don't really talk to them. <laughs> I, I, I just don't talk. It's not, it, it's not worth it for me. It's not worth it for me. You it's just like, nod your head and say whatever. I'm just like, I'm like, word, that's cool. I'm like, <laughs> that's cool. Like, that is, it's, it's dope that you think that. It's like, yep, 100%. And, like, do you, and, do, they ask, yo, do you agree? And you're like, that's cool, bet, bro. That's cool. Then I, dab, <laughs> then I dab my cousin. I go, who the fuck is that? I <laughs> you're like, Conor McGregor, who the fuck is that guy? Like, who the fuck is that guy? Because I'm good I'm good on all that. I'm like, you seem all right, but I ain't talking football with him. That's, that's bottom line. That's bottom line. I feel you. Look, I like where the Chargers are right now. Again, this was a team, like you said, this was a team that people thought was for the future. It's what they, a lot of people pin them as, you know, right now. Right, and like you said right it perfectly, now. it's time to stop thinking about the future and start saying right now. So that's my number four. Highlight me with your number three. So my number three for my list is the Buffalo Bills. Mm. So part of me wants to put them higher. It does. But when I look at their schedule, the teams that they faced, the Kansas City game was a great win. It was a great win. Their defense played great. I don't think their defense gets enough credit for what they did. Tredavious White is an elite cornerback. I mean, Ed Oliver looks really good. Even rookie Gregory Rasua, I mean, he he looked solid. He looked really solid. And this is a guy that people thought was going to come in and not have an impact because they, they thought he was so raw. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, their defense looks really solid. I still think they're a running back away. I mean – their tight end has been catching touchdowns left and right. Stefan Diggs is still an elite wide receiver. And Josh Allen, I mean, I got to be completely honest. When Josh Allen got drafted, I said, this guy's going to be a bust. Really? And boy, am I wrong. Josh Allen looks great. He's a strong quarterback who has a great arm. He can run. He can improvise out of the pocket. And he can make accurate throws and this this wasn't happening in his first couple years it wasn't but it came around and you saw once he got stefan diggs he had a true number one receiver to make a connection with and 
Buffalo Bills have looked great. The only reason I don't have them higher is because outside of the Kansas City win, they got beat by Pittsburgh, which I know can be considered a, an anomaly. But they haven't. They still, lost, they still got that L in their record. They still do. They still got the L in their record, and they haven't been tested as much as the two teams ahead of them on my list. <laughs> All right. My number three. You're gonna hate me. The Rams. <laughs> I can't I can't hate that. I can't hate that. And the reason I got the Rams three is look, offensively, and look, I was against Matthew Stafford going to LA. I didn't think it was gonna work. I was like, I I, I just don't see it working. Oh man. I didn't see it at first. I really didn't. And then Matthew Stafford heard me. Was like, like we said, like like, like how you would talk to your boy who said Joe Mix is better than us actor. Yeah, he heard me and said, Yo, who the fuck is that guy? Like, Yo, someone take his mic away. And he's been doing this thing. Him and Cooper Cup might be one of the most dynamic one-twos. Like people oh, are, there's oh, no might be. They are. They, and, and, and listen, they are. you you could say that, and I'm not even mad. Because they're these guys, him, the, I don't know what it is with their connection, bro. I don't know if when he came, or like Cooper Cup just dapped them up and said, yo, come on, sleep at my house. I don't know if, if, if they oh. bump the same country music. I don't know what it is. But, bro, these dudes is on the – if, if you were to ask me, Cooper Cup played in Detroit at one point of his career and, like, was the new Megatron after he retired, and these two are reuniting. Well, the reports say that Matthew Safford and Cooper Cup worked out together all summer. That, I, I heard that, too. But at, at the same time, this chemistry, to build, be able to build – yeah, to build it over a summer, it's that's different. something special. That's almost like you're, you was destined to play with each other. Like that's some that's some stuff. Now the only reason I don't have them higher, their defense this year, I don't want to say it's it's garbage. Oh yeah, you you can't. But it's it's, it's it's listen. We expected them to be a top what three defense. Uh, I didn't. So a top five, because right now they're ranked twelfth. A, lo- a, lo- a loose top five, and the only reason I'd say loose is I know they have Aaron Donald. I know they have Jalen Ramsey. Right, and, it's and that, not it's not as balanced as other defenses in the league. No, it, not not at all. Not at all. They still have the star power, and at the end of the day, in my eyes, they have the best cornerback in the league and the best defensive player in the league. So, and I, I, I'll agree with you, but again, I'm gonna have to put them here because even though they have that, they're still again. It sucks to say their defense is struggling because they're ranked 12th, and again, to be ranked 12th. That's not too bad. Struggling. It just and it just goes to show you what the future holds for them. Hundred percent. You know. Right. So right now, one thing that kind of sucks is like the quarterbacks haven't been playing well because in terms of completion percentage, they're ranked thirty first. So guys are actually getting passes off on them, which I, I'm not that big of a fan. I'm, I'm hoping they can get it together because, like you said, the names on that defense can get it together. You know what I mean? Like you know. So I'm not. I'm not too worried about them. I still think they're a top five team without a shadow of a doubt. It's just when you start getting to like the top three, things kind of get a little dicey and you got to start making, you know, tough decisions. So maybe it's a nitpick because, again, a, a top tell defense, that's not bad. That's but not dumb, dude. Especially with that offense. And- right. But the reason I have to rank them most because I, me personally, I expected so much better. From this defense, especially after what they did last year, so I'm gonna have them at three. We're gonna we're coming to the, the crucial stretch. Number two, hit me with it. Number two, I got the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, in my eyes, 
the reason I have them at number two as the second best team in the league right now is because I think they're the best four and one team in football. In my eyes, they are the Super Bowl favorite. They're getting hundred percent. In my eyes, they have the most, and I know I just said they don't have the most balanced defense, but I think they have the most balanced team in the NFL. They don't necessarily have a whole lot of holes. You know what I mean? The run game. Everyone thought their run game was going to be a concern because Cam Akers got hurt. Daryl Henderson has come in and played great. Big. He's been playing really well. Matthew Stafford. I mean, I've been screaming that Matthew Stafford is the most underappreciated quarterback in football and had been since he got drafted. And he's everyone, been right. Everyone wanted to say, oh, they wrote him off as saying, oh, it's just because he had Megatron. Who the hell else did he have besides Megatron? What defense, did he have to, what defense did he have to play with when he was in Detroit? What offensive line did he have? What run game did he have? He had a washed-up Reggie Bush, a washed-up Darren McFadden. I mean, they did not they did not have a great run game. All he really had as a solid receiver would could be is in the discussion for best receiver of all time, granted, but he did something with that. He did something with that. This dude led the league in passing yards multiple times with yeah. a subpar offensive line and one true weapon to throw to. I mean, Matthew Stafford, everyone would look down on this dude, and I'm just happy that he's finally getting the credit that he deserves. I still put him in the MVP conversation because when you play when you're the quarterback for the in my eyes, the best team in the league, I know I said best team and I have him at two, but it's because number one. You can't put him not at number one in my book right now because of the circumstance. I'll get to that. But in my eyes, the most talented team in football, if he's their quarterback, he's got to be in discussion for MVP, and he's also been playing lights out. But their defense, I know they're 12, but they've been more battle-tested than almost any other team in the league. They've had a tough schedule to start out the year. I mean, they had to play. And in those tested battles, they played great. They played really well. The only team they lost to is the Cardinals, and it was a close game. It was a good game. Yeah, so Cardinals I, are hot right now. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I'm. I'm not mad about that. You know, like you said, they, like the holes, like they don't really have that many holes. And again, their defense can snap out of it. And again, it sucks that we're saying snap out of it when they're ranked 12. But like I said, it kind of sucks that the ceiling was so high for them. So I don't blame you for that too. So my number one. Than Buffalo Bills. Oh, well, no, hold on. I'm supposed to do two. Shout out to your boy, you can't count. My two, Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray is right now my front runner for MVP. I think he's my front runner. Number two would be uh, Josh Allen. Number three would be Matthew Stafford. As the season goes on, we'll see how it goes. AJ Green has been playing great for them. Obviously, D Hop is D Hop, so there's just no worrying about him at all. That defense has been pr- playing pretty good, might I add. Like, I, I I, don't think this – this defense has been kind of, oh, we don't know how they're going to play. We don't know how they'll be. And for them to be ranked sixth is honestly where I thought the Rams should be. Like, I thought that was the position the Rams were going to be in. This team – and, like, like, they just won against – if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was the 49ers and a very tight, gutsy win, which is what I've been wanting to see from this team. 
Because, you know, everyone was like, oh, my God, they look nice blowing teams out. It's like, okay, you're right. But what is going to happen when they got to get, like, they got to get dirty and they got to get gritty and, you know, you kind of got to grit your teeth and you need to make something happen? They did that. So now they showed me that the defense can hold it down. They showed me that offense can hold it down. They showed me they can win a blowout. They showed me they can win a close game. The only thing I'm waiting to see from them is starting to show me they can win a shootout. That's the only thing. Oh. That, that's the only thing I kind of am, am about them being able to win a shootout. But right, so that's kind of it. Because once I see that, I'm gonna be like, he's literally seen everything from this team. You know, that's kind of the only thing that we've that it's kind of left for them. But that's my number two. How about your number one? My number one is the Arizona Cardinals. And the reason I have them at number one is because nobody's beaten them yet. They're the only undefeated team left in football. And I cannot put them at number two or anywhere lower on the list because they haven't been beaten yet. Tyler Murray, I agree with you. He's my front runner for MVP right now. And I want – Part of me wants to rank them lower and have the Rams at number one because I think the Rams are the better team, even though they beat the Rams, which is why I had to put them ahead. The biggest thing for me with the Cardinals is they have played some good teams, but the biggest thing that popped out to me, which was amazing, was like you said last week's performance. Not only just because it was a gritty win, but because they were not – this is going to sound crazy – but it's because they weren't playing that great. In division game, they're playing the 49ers, who is one of their biggest rivals. Their offense is not clicking to how it has been the whole season. Their defense is holding it up, and that's the biggest thing. Everyone had questions about their defense, but Chandler Jones is back. J.J. Watt is now there. Isaiah Simmons is stepping up and finally finding his true role in the NFL and on this Arizona Cardinals defense. What really stuck out to me is the fact that they weren't playing their best football and they still found a way to win against, I know they're two and three, but might I add, I don't want to say great, but a very solid football team in the San Francisco 49ers. So they're unbeaten. If they get a loss, they're probably going to shoot down a little bit on my list. But until then, they're number one. Yeah, and, I, I, you know, it's very hard to argue with a lot of stuff you're saying. But I'm going to have to because clearly the best team in all of football, the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen is now my GOAT. I forgot all about Tom Brady. Uh, Aaron Rodgers no longer exists. Patrick Mahomes has retired. This man is all I care about. What did you just say? <laughs> I just, I just, but I will say this. What did you just say? <laughs> You're like, yo, do not make me leave. <laughs> but uh, no. look, I, listen, he's one of those guys in the league that when he throws the ball, it doesn't look like he's throwing a lot of gas. It looks like natural. It's kind of like he throws it, and I'm like, why are you throwing a check down? And all of a sudden, the ball is like 50 yards into Stephon Diggs' hands, and I'm like, hmm. Clearly, we can go get him. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just I was just saying, I'm sorry to interrupt, but he's he's got a cannon. You're absolutely right. Yeah, he's got and like you said, he's been looking real comfortable ever since he got a legit number one of Stefan Stefan Diggs. He's been looking real comfortable. I, I love that tandem. Offensively, there's no point in even saying anything offensively. There's no point whatsoever. Because the only thing is I want to see from them is a run game. I do want to see that because there's gonna be times in the game where you need a run game. 
You're going to need it, you know? Like, And, again, Josh Allen, he's a great dude. I, 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 You know, him throwing the ball, I like it. But at the same time, there's going to be times where, you know, that was a knock on Pittsburgh. We start getting to the red zone, and you're looking to throw the ball. It's like, well, wouldn't it be easier for to just punch it to, like, two yards? Like, you know what I mean? It, it's bizarre. Like, that's the only knock I have on them because when Pete Carroll threw the ball in the Super Bowl, everyone was like, what are you doing? When Pittsburgh refused to run the ball last year, everyone was like, what are you doing? This team doesn't re- run the ball. And they're like, well, yeah, look who they have. And it's like, I understand who they have at quarterback, but you do need something to run the ball with. They've been successful, so I can't knock them on it. But defensively, they are in the top in the top eight in every statistical category except for passing attempts, which they're 18th. Everything else, they're in the top eight. In terms of yards allowed overall, they're first. And completion percentage, they're first. In sacks, they're sixth. In touchdowns allowed, they're first. In rushing yards allowed, they're third. So this defense, to me, is like you got an elite defense. You got an elite offense. And I don't care who it is. To pitch two shutouts, to pitch two shutouts. I understand the, the competition wasn't that great. I'm not, you know, I get it. No, nah, but two shutouts are two shutouts. Right. So, but, you know, and with all this happening after Pittsburgh, to me is like they're sending a message. Because a, a lot of people had them winning. And when they lost to Pittsburgh, everyone was like, oh, yep, they're trash. Like a lot of people gave up on the Bills. They show now, that they can handle adversity. Exactly. Not only did they show that, but then they, they, they beat the Chiefs, who frankly – I, I kind of saw it coming. I thought it was going to be way closer. But people are like, I want to believe in the Bills. But like you said, a lot of people are putting to their, to, their, um, to their schedule saying, you haven't had that win, that statement win of a team that, frankly, you're going to have to see in the playoffs. And there's a chance they're going to meet the Chiefs. So it's like this was the game they had to win. And they did it in dominant fashion, you know. Like I, 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 I have absolutely all the love in the world right now for the Bills. They're on the right path. I want to make sure they can continue it. But as of right now, I, I got to call them number one, Chris. I can't. I I can't be mad about that either. I know right when you said it, I was like, get out of here with that. But <laughs> at the end of the day, their defense has been playing great. Josh Allen looks amazing. Stephon Diggs is still Stephon Diggs. The only knack I have on them, like you touched upon, is their run game. I think it's going to hurt them in those close contests. Zach Moss and Devin Singletary is not going to get it done. I think that's something they really need to address in the future. Um, Hopefully this next offseason or in the draft. But I I just find it hard to believe that. And, again, I don't hate it. I completely understand it. They look great. I just can't put – a team, I can't put the Bills ahead of the Cardinals because the Cardinals have not lost yet. Which, and again, I'll, I'll do that to you. That's true. I understand the stats may not back it quite as much. I understand five that. 5-0 is 5-0, and, and frankly, you can make an argument that's the most important stat of all. It is. I mean, so, win, wins are the most important stat at the end of the day. Wins and losses are the two most important stats. And the Cardinals are first in that, so – they're first on my power ranking right now. Yeah, and I, I understand. For me, the reason what kind of set it apart was, like, I'm getting a team with only one one loss, and then I'm having all the offensive defense that, I could, that you know, I could love. That's kind of the only – that's why I, I favored the Bills. 
Now, again, having the Cardinals at one, that's not an argument at all. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like if I say the Cardinals at one, I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, what are you watching? I, I get it. You know, my thing is coming into week into week six, if you don't have the Rams, Cardinals, and Bills in your top five, I'm going to have to excuse myself one way or another. That's what I'm saying. You're like, you know what I mean? That guy. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So, but I mean, at the end of the day, I, I think we did a pretty solid list. You know what I mean? Like, you know, four of our, yeah, four of our teams were nice, you know, and it's kind of crazy how you killed me because I'm not respecting Lamar. Yeah, I had him top five in the power rankings. I just want to throw that out there. I just want to throw that out there. I understand. I understand that. I like the thing with me is I don't put the Ravens in my top five because their schedule hasn't been too, too tough. And at the end of the day, they still got some holes on their team, but one of which is not Lamar's passing ability. I I commend Lamar Jackson tremendously. I think he is a top five quarterback in this league. He's not, just because, not just because of his running ability, though. Agree or disagree? That's a conversation for a whole other day because I'm about to have us going for like another hour and a half. Follow us on Twitter at Prideful Takes. We go live there, and I, I love messing with people. Look, man, I was on Twitter earlier. I was yeah. messing with some people, and I got blocked. That's the best feeling in the world. Bro, I'm a nobody, and I'm already getting blocked. I'm going somewhere in life. Absolutely. Catch us on Facebook at Prideful Takes. We put up memes, breaking news, and we also go live on Facebook. If you don't have Facebook, you're in luck. We're also live on YouTube at Prideful Takes. Check out our website, www.pridefultakes.com. Not only is every single episode of the podcast there, but we also have original articles. And, you know, this is a problem. I get it. Only reason my girl's with me is because I got her pregnant. If you don't want to see my face, Spotify, Prideful Takes Podcast, will be there. Chris, brother, as always, it's been fun. It's been a real good time, man. 100%. I will see you next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. You better be here because if not, I'm, 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 matter of fact, if you're not here next Wednesday, next Friday, it's going to be a Lamar Jackson slander episode. Just for oh, you. all right, bet. No, I'll be there. I'll be there for, <laughs> it, for, sure. for sure. I'll play the whole schedule. <laughs> As always, it's your boy Pride alongside with my boy Chris. Be safe. We'll see you guys on the next one. Yes, Knew where that was going. That was a great read. Ooh, Lillard from the logo. That'll quiet the two on the season. Second and one for the Bills. They handle the rush. Allen looking. It's out. Two to Shohei Otani. Center field, let's watch it go! Did several of those inside low kicks. Oh.